This is Rabbi Sharon Brous, Rabbi Yidikar, where we are dedicated to reinvigorating Jewish community, ritual, and learning, all while laying the foundation for a just and loving society. You're listening to Ikar's sermons and talks, just the good stuff. We hope you'll enjoy. Thank you for your support. I, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a private person. Um, I'm a very private person. Uh, it's a, it's a, I picked the wrong job. <laughs> um, but, I, but, but when it comes to personal matters, to family matters, I, 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 don't, I don't really like discussing them in public. Um, but the message that we seem to be receiving from the highest institutions uh, of government in our land um, is that certain matters which we thought to be personal, private, family matters are not so. And so, and so, now that it's public, I want to say at least this, which is that in the long history of my family, there have been abortions. Um, they were difficult decisions all, from what I understand. Um, and those of us uh, who are here in the family are grateful that we, um, we were wanted, we were we were also decisions. Um, and now it seems these things are not necessarily our decisions, not necessarily family decisions. So how, how do I respond to that? I, I, can't, I can't respond as a woman. I can't speak for women. And I certainly, um, there are things that I will never understand about how a woman processes this kind of decision. But I can respond as a man um, because, because it implicates me as well. And I can respond as American. In, in, in fact, I, 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 I feel I can respond as a, as a student for a long time of American law. But mostly, I have to respond as a Jew um, and as a religious Jew. So this is just one perspective, just one perspective on the issue. But, but I find myself asking, does, does Jewish tradition offer wisdom? Has Jewish tradition thought about this issue? And of course it has. Of course it has. Because this issue raises questions of the essential meaning of life and death and personhood. It is impossible to answer those questions with any real certainty because they are philosophical questions. But for me, and in my tradition, these are theological questions as well. I turn to my spiritual tradition. I turn to my faith. So on the question of personhood, what, what is a person? When does, when does not just life, but, but a human life begin? How, how would I answer that question? How would I know? Perhaps I would turn to the great sage uh, of the 11th century Rashi, who, commenting on a case of abortion due to medical emergency, explains that all the while that the fetus has not gone out into the air of the world, it is not a nefesh. It's not a life, not a soul, not by our tra tradition's definition, not a full person. 
The leaked Supreme Court opinion refers again and again, quoting the law at issue, to the unborn person. A full person, it seems, just not born yet. Well, that's a different definition of life and personhood. So to whom shall I defer? Who do I trust to answer the most basic questions of existence? To Rashi, the greatest Talmudic scholar in history, or to my state legislature? I choose Rashi. But now I have no recourse to Rashi. The state will decide for me what a person is. There are many reasons why abortion is sometimes considered under Jewish law, from mental anguish to financial hardship, rape or infidelity, or the detection of some problem with the health of the fetus. So if I and a partner had some reason to consider an abortion, and we consulted a rabbi we trusted, that rabbi might advise, in accordance with the Talmud in Yevamos, to try to have the procedure right away, before 40 days after learning of the pregnancies. Because the Talmud says that before 40 days, it is merely fluid. Now, that's not exact science, but that is their way of attempting to describe this process and how there's, there's a difference between different phases of this process. So the rabbi might advise that before 40 days would be a preferable way to approach this issue. But Mississippi's gestational age act, the law at issue in this case, suggests 15 weeks. Well, that's, that's longer. Other states, I'm presuming the that this is the Supreme Court decision, will outlaw it altogether. So whose guidance will I choose? The Talmud, my tradition's second holiest book, or the state legislature that I happen to live in? If the leaked opinion is indeed the Supreme Court's decision, I have no recourse to the Talmud, to my tradition's wisdom on this terribly difficult question. I must defer to the state. I said in, in many cases that in Jewish law, abortion is considered, but supreme above them all. And this is explicit in a Mishnah. If a woman's life is in danger, her life always takes precedence over the life of the fetus. Mipnei, says the Mishnah, shechayecha kodmin lechayav. Her life comes first, up to the moment that the fetus begins to emerge. In such a case, abortion in Jewish law is not permitted, it is mandated. This is the earliest rabbinic code, formulated in the second century. This is my religion. This is my religion's primary and most declarative statement on the question of abortion. I personally feel I must follow the wisdom of my sages, of my religion, of my sacred texts. But if the leaked opinion is indeed the Supreme Court's decision, then state by state, Pro-life activists will be pushing for the most restrictive abortion laws they can formulate. One of these activists, Matt Sand, legislative director of Pro-Life Wisconsin, said, what we are calling for is a total ban, no exceptions. We don't think abortion is ever necessary to save the life of the mother. So who do I turn to? Who do I trust? The Mishnah or Matt Sand? of Wisconsin. But if I live in Wisconsin, and he has his way, I will have no choice. I will have no recourse to the Mishnah, 
No recourse to my religion. No recourse to my own beliefs. But here's the thing. Here's the real thing. The pro-life activist movement in this country is driven and directed by folks who don't want me to have access to my religion. Because the place that they get their answers to these major questions of life and death, personhood and autonomy, well, they get their answers from the same place I get mine, from their religion. It's no secret that it's a particular religious orientation that forms the platform of the pro-life movement in this country and gives its own answers to the question of when personhood begins and what is or isn't allowed. So it's their religion or my religion. The difference is that these people think that their religion should be everyone's religion. And make no mistake, they are not stopping at abortion. They have opinions, not just for these family matters, but also indeed for questions of who you can marry and what prayers you ought to be saying and what God you ought to be worshiping. This movement is not a one movement issue. It is an attempt, among other things, to erode religious freedom in this country. The leaked opinion quoted an earlier opinion, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. At the heart of liberty, said Casey, is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. The author of the opinion brushes this aside as just so much errant nonsense. But I will say that this quote from Casey is about the truest and noblest thing I've ever heard in a Supreme Court opinion. And this is not just any liberty. This is about the best definition I could summon for religious liberty. The right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and the mystery of human life. The author of the leaked opinion left off the next sentence from Casey. Beliefs about these matters could not define the attributes of personhood were they formed under the compulsion of the state. And this is also true. The state cannot compel morality because that is no choice at all, and so it is not a moral choice. The state is not the entity that we turn to for the answers to these questions. It's not the entity I turn to. I turn to my faith, and others turn to theirs. And in this country, so far, protection of the free exercise of religion includes protection for those who have no particular faith. But they have beliefs. They, too, have a right to a concept of existence. They, too, have a right to think about the mystery of human life. No one, no one thinks that these are easy questions to answer. And no one really wants the state making those decisions for them. It's just that some want to use the state as a mechanism to push their answers on everyone else. The leaked opinion dismissing these concerns, deliberately ignoring the context in which these cases are brought forth, points again and again to the gold standard of our nation's history and traditions. To whose history and to whose particular traditions, one must wonder, does he refer? Certainly not mine. My ancestors on both sides, one in the 16th century and one in the 20th, came to this country fleeing religious persecution. 
And we understood that this country was founded by people who had also fleed religious persecution. And that it was founded with the deep understanding that one of the primary guidelines for a society that was a mix of all kinds of people, for a, for a society like that to be just, was that it make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Look out for this, because the leaked opinion does not just dismiss a right to an abortion. It is dismissive of the right to privacy. And I am a private person. I'm a religious person, and I'm a private person. And so I find myself asking on this day, what will be the next private matter that we turn over to the state? That is just one of the questions that faces us as we move into what I'm sure will be a long and difficult national conversation. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, it's Rabbi Brous again. Thank you so much for listening. Want more content like this? I hope you'll subscribe and please consider making a contribution to Ikar so we can continue to work toward the fulfillment of our mission to reanimate Jewish life, to embody moral courage, to nurture the spirit and to work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Visit our website at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And I hope to see you maybe even in person sometime soon.